Hello and welcome back to the Unqualified Huddle. Um, the wildcard weekend, almost done. We've only got the Dallas Cowboys, Tampa Bay Buccaneers left to play. The other five games, been and gone. Um, first of all, before, before I bring the boys in, two apologies to make. First apology being, technical difficulties meant I got the podcast out late. That's on me, I'll eat my humble pie. Um, I didn't get it edited in time due to my own, you know, we don't need to go into it. Incompetencies. Incompetence, that's fine. Uh, you the like second a bit of one, pie, don't you, Simon? I do, I do. As you can, you could probably tell if you saw me on video. Anyway, um, the second apology has to be to everyone that's listened to us moaning about how bad this week's game's going to be because this week did not disappoint. Like we, we were a little bit unhappy about it. We were a little bit, um, you know, not impressed with the the lineup of games. We're actually, this was delightful. This was tasty. This, this is basically five games that were all very enjoyable for very different reasons. And they were all very good games. Um, maybe one was a bit of a blowout, but the rest weren't. But, you know, guys, how did you find your weekend? It was great. I mean, the, I mean, this whole season has been like this, right? We've always undermined certain weekends, overhyped certain weekends. And it's the weekends we don't expect that turn out to be the, be the best weekends. Um, and usually, wildcard weekend delivers the best football all season. This is year. this is the best NFL season I can remember ever. Uh, yeah, probably, probably for us. I wouldn't play. Shamal, you know, spent the whole weekend with a massive grin on his face, obviously, because Trevor Lawrence got given like was blessed by God, it seems, and the Chargers didn't come out in the second half. And this is this is where I'm going to go about because I hate this. All I've seen for two days now is how Trevor Lawrence is the second coming of Andrew Luck. Trevor Lawrence is amazing. Trevor Lawrence, oh, I mean, great he resilience. is amazing. Great resilience lie. in the second half. And I'm just, I'm just going, well. this is horrible. This Skin is matching. awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he delivered what? dimes in the second half, what, 23 or 29? He didn't deliver dimes. He Four touchdowns is dimes to me. He dimes. threw the ball in the same places. It's just in the second half, his he receivers bought it instead of dropping it. And you can't say he threw dimes for his touchdowns. His receivers were getting wide open. Engram had about Engram had fifteen yards of space between him and the next player. That's Zay Jones a dime, a layering of his Zay, Zay Jones no. had an like eighty yards of I could have hit Engram. I could have hit Engram. You, you could have hit Engram. <laughs> I could have hit Zay Jones with my left arm. Yeah, but... like eighty yards free. Evan Engram. Uh, sorry, yeah, that touchdown Zay Jones beautiful play because Lawrence checked into that oh. play. Right before line scrimmage changes the whole concept, saw the coverage cover six. Here we go. Here we go. Put him in the Hall of Fame. Christian Kirk on the right. As Shellen's as, as as already said about this, breaking news quarterback does his job. Air Jordan like, with his one hand converting the two. The, the, it's Air hor- Lawrence, I it's horrible for me because the real uh, talk... we could talk about the charges there as well, right? Yeah, but this, this is the point, though. Yeah, literally, you're you're saying all this thing about Lawrence. You're making the point that the Chargers just rolled over. Yeah, they did. The, char- they did. the Chargers, a different Chargers team came out in the second half than the first half. Like, both, let's be honest. Both, both would be true. Jags played well in the second half. Chargers played change. bad in the second half. Jack, Jack, Jags were well, on a all the Jags maintained their their play throughout the entire game. That was it. They they played the same level the entire way through. The yeah, Chargers the, started off yeah. hot. The, the, the Jags uh, played to their to their record really. What what they finished? Was it eight and seven? Nine, nine and eight. Nine and eight. Nine and eight. They, they, they yeah. played uh, like a nine and eight team. 
the Chargers played like a three and ten team, a three three and thirteen team, or three and fourteen team. But honestly, that second half from the Chargers was diabolical. All right, these guys will never give credit to the Jags, but the, I, the problem I, is, I the problem Edison, is, great coach, like yeah. scheming all these guys open. That that play, <laughs> that ETN. Uh, fourth, fourth, that down. fourth, that fourth down play with VTM was a that's, a, that's a that was a beautiful play. He called Chef a timeout, kiss. didn't like it, changed it. Yeah, and there was a de- play call designed by his O line coach. If you read yeah. Peter King's uh, Football Morning America today, but yeah, the Chargers. Can we move on to them? Because yeah. they were coached by a PE, te- basically a PE teacher. This rate as a head coach, <laughs> he is he's a good defensive coordinator, but he did not. Is adjust. he? The Jags adjusted. He didn't adjust to the Jags adjustments. Yeah. He d- didn't. But, can you believe one team? They were leading twenty-seven-zero. How so at the end of the game? Though, no, like if you just said he's a good defensive coordinator, right? If he's not making adjustments in the game, how can you call him a good defensive well, coordinator? Well, maybe okay, maybe Aaron Donald and and Ramsey raised him in <laughs> LA Rams to make him look better than he was. But this Chargers team, like going into the game, you knew they struggled with the run. They're they're very good one-dimensionally past this defense. This game, the coaching job is about adjusting, strategizing as a head coach. He didn't do any of that. Like, they finished the same amount of rushing attempts as the Jags did at the end of the game. The Jags were the team way behind. The Chargers should be trying to kill Clark once they're that ahead. I, like I said to you, I, I, think that's on, I think that's on Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator, as well as Staley. Like, you could argue that Staley has some input on that because he is the head coach. He dictates like what where the game's going. But when it comes to play calling, it's Lombardi who's the guy who's in charge. And yeah, it's, it's, it's both their jobs to make sure it's right. They both should take a lot of blame for it. And, and they are. Like rightly so, because at the end of the day, they came into this game, uh, like you were said, you were nervous about it. I said that the Jags are probably going to win it because of Mike Wiggins' injury. <laughs> And yeah. it will come back to haunt that, them. And that it showed. The, that was the difference. Like, in a, in a game like this, the Chargers receivers won getting open. Uh, Austin Eckler can only carry the load so much in a season. He he looked as good as ever. They stopped running but it. Whatever. Staley is just wasting the prime of Eckler's career. Like, yeah. it, it's horrible to see. Eckler, for me, is one of the best running backs in the, the NFL. Best. The best and his, his career is just being wasted. And like what I said on our group um, chat out before this uh, podcast and after that game, they called five Eckler rush attempts in the second half. Five. That's horrible. That's horrible. When they're leading twenty-seven. Yeah. Okay, I I, it's I agree. I, I agree. Okay, Eckler had thirteen carries for only thirty-five yards. That's he's still a good player, and we know they can't run, but you still have to kill clock. You still have to kill time. You still, you still have to game manage. Is the thing. Like call it. Call it easier passes as well. Well, do, do we think that Staley has to go? I, I, I think Staley has to go, right? Like, yeah. for me. And, and Lombardi. Yeah. yeah. Even, though they're, even though they got to the playoffs, it, this is unacceptable. We talk about this every week. The talent that's on this Chargers team, they should arguably be challenging for the Super Bowl, not dwindling in the wild card round of the playoffs. They had the most players in the NFL top 100 players last year. I think seven or eight players. Because they're so talented, you can look at their roster and the talent screams out. Um, and they're perennial underachievers. No structure. I mean, Bosa's another one who has to take blame. He like he had no, he had no accountability. Did you see? Did you watch his post game interview? He's getting a lot of heat from Chargers fans right now. Bosa. I didn't in... see the interview, but he lacked discipline. 
and cost them a, a couple of key uh, He moments. went on another rant, basically on himself and about the officials, and then saying he's going to get fined, and then he's like, I need to think about my dog, or I don't know. He went on a weird, weird rant in the locker, locker room, and he said it's taken about taking accountability and stuff. The guy well, has taken a lot of ire. Well, I'm fed up for talking about this team now. Let's, uh, you know, I want to talk about the sexiest team in the NFL right now, the New York Giants. The the offensive line for the New York Giants is basically the sexiest hunk of meat in the NFL going right now. The, can we the, say, could do we give Dave Gettleman their former GM credit? Because he got a for, lot of stick. What for? For assembling these guys for together? Assembling or? this offensive line. I mean, uh, Daniel what? Jones. Part of this, <laughs> no, part of this, uh, this offensive line though, it's been built together by Dable this year. Like it's not, it's not all about what Gettleman did before. It's about what's been happening the last, um, the last this year particularly. But the last, I mean, this offensive line's been improving year on year out. But in this game, it just highlighted just how good as a unit these this like group is. The the holes that Barkley had to run through and Daniel Jones and these design run plays were just outrageous. Like it, it was just I could make the the touchdown runs. Like I can make the yards. You can you can uh, compliment the Giants all you want. How about this? The Vikings are frauds. The Giants. <laughs> the, the Giants you knew that. They just did their jobs. Uh, uh, the Vikings have won what? Um, I think they're eleven. And one, Eleven and one in one possession in one, games. One possession games. They eleven in the regular season, one in the postseason now, and this this was a long time coming. Yeah, they're I, they're I living dangerously. Like that, it's one of those things where we've talked about malpractice basically in this podcast. But Kirk Cousins on fourth down, you just did a quarterback malpractice of throwing to Hawkinson for three yards. Nah, there was there was pressure on him. You can't put this on, on Cousins. Cousins was pressured on half of his dropbacks in this I game. I agree. I mean, Lawrence was all over his face. Yeah. But you've like, got to throw it beyond the sticks on fourth down for the game. It, the, the problem is, though, what's his choice? He throws the ball, yeah, maybe not beyond the sticks, but throws his ball to a player that might be able to get beyond the sticks, or he takes a sack. Covered. It was right covered. The guy was right on him. He probably yeah, didn't see the guy covering if, him. He if, just sees Lawrence. <laughs> Driving them onto the floor. If he was covered, Jefferson, Thielen, and uh, Osborne were weren't even on. Had weren't even visible. Because surely at that point you you got to take. If, I agree. The O line, like that's the worst. I, I, player I feel that's a, I feel that's harsh. I feel that's harsh to blame Cousins in that particular moment because he's being he's being sacked as he's trying to throw the ball to try and keep them alive in a bad position which he's been put in because. His offensive line's not blocking for him. His play calling's been a bit suspect. I mean, there was a play where Cousins got the ball as a runner. Like they, they faked the, the run to the right and then they threw the ball back to Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yes. And he was just he was just <laughs> annihilated. And that was that was <laughs> a time when they were actually playing well, right? Early in the game. But, but that, was, that, that, was, that was their secret weapon on third and one or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, it was third and one. That was the worst thing about it. Why are you running this play on third that, and that one? Was, that was horrible. But then, like, Jefferson, who we talked about a few weeks ago being the best, like, wide receiver in the league, where was he? Lucky stats say that he, he turned up to this game. He caught seven balls for, like, 47 yards. But that's horrible stats, considering we, we're used to him getting 100-yard games each game. Like, you know... We're used to making a difference is my main problem. There was no difference making by Jefferson. It was all Hawkinson in this game. 
Yeah, but I think uh, Hawkinson is getting these numbers partly because of all the attention that Jefferson gets. He's he's constantly uh, bracketed, and he's he's doing well just to get this many yards. A lot of uh, his, his, what, what they're agree. using is ang- uh, I I totally agree. I think how they're using Hawkinson's really well. A lot of underneath and getting a lot of yards after catch. But that's what of... I want to see Jefferson uh, be used more. Bubble screens, uh, catches yeah. behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, Je- Jeff- bit... Jefferson needs, needs more opportunities, like where but... he's not just playing contested catches. I agree, but then it's difficult when you're going to double coverage him. But like for me, I, it's kind of like you've talked about the Giants and your love for them. Yeah. Surely the Kirk, Kirk, Kirk Cousins, and they're completely the opposite with their O-line, but also... Teams know Cousins can't run. Daniel Jones can at least run and, and escape. It's easier to tee off on a quarterback. And do you know what Daniel, D-line, do you know what Daniel Jones scramble. can also do now? He can throw. He made, <laughs> he made some key throws in this game. There was Come some on, give us your Daniel Jones hot take, Simon. Well, it's, it's not a hot take. It, it's facts. Daniel Jones, like, he's coming into this season. He, his contract's up. Giants need to pay the man. Because he is better than a lot of the quarterbacks in the league. You give him another year in this scheme, he could be even better than that. No, 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 no please, please, no. I don't think Giants fans can take many more years of this. I, oh, I, I think they want to give no. him the deal right now. Giants fans want to give him the deal. I, I, I would give him the deal. Like, the way that this, this like, schemes up for Dable and the way that he, he schemed it up for Daniel Jones, this offense works, and it works really well. Like, the question is, the only question would be, if they went behind by a lot, would they be able to get themselves back into a game? And that's that's a real issue, and that's a yeah, question. It works against the Vikings. It won't work against the Eagles. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Because like this was people getting wide open in this game. You know, and, it, and not only is it people getting wide open, it's no-name receivers getting wide open. Guys like Isaiah Hodgson. The guy was on the waiver wire a few weeks ago, and he gets picked up from the waiver wire to then become one of like the Giants' best receivers. 100-yard game, right? 105 yards, yeah, and a touchdown. Darius Slayton, a guy who, you know, probably isn't that highly thought of as a wide receiver, but he's, he's showing that he's a wide receiver one, like, potentially, or in the Giants. Uh, like, I love what you're having. One. <laughs> you know, all, all I'm saying is this Giants team, they could go on and beat the Eagles and could make themselves to the Super Bowl. I, so, I see, uh, when I we do our picks podcast, are you going to pick them over the Eagles? Maybe. Who knows? So is, is our hot take that way in humble pie now? I mean, we're bringing the pie back in, but are we in a humble pie on Daniel there's, Jones? There's too that much pie. A good court, I, I, I think we have to a little bit. I feel like this year, he's he's been a, a an above average quarterback in the NFL, whereas years before, people have been destroying him and saying he's like the worst thing in the NFL. But, you know, he, he should just be thankful. There's people like Zach Wilson out there. And people like, you know, Baker Mayfield. They're, they're really, like, making life easy for him right now. <laughs> no, Giants need to get Derek Carr in the building. Daniel Jones, ship him out to, I know, Saints, because, you know, you, you have an affinity with Saints. Maybe if, if they add him, they can do something. So Mike Kafka gets a lot of love, though. He needs to get a lot of love as a first-time play caller. In for the Giants, but they both shaped Daniel Jones like Josh Allen. Yeah, how he shaped him. Yeah, they like how much they how much he runs. And look at look the at the success runs. the Bills have had though with with Josh Allen as their quarterback. Look at how who's well that be, who's better, Cousins or Daniel Jones in the vacuum at, at this moment right now? Cut Cousins. I won't say in a I can't say in a vacuum by scheme right now in this scheme 
Daniel Jones is more suited. No, then put, put Kirk Cousins in that scheme. What are you doing? I agree. You put Kirk Cousins, put Kirk Cousins in the scheme that Daniel Jones is in right now. Kirk Cousins is slaying. Kirk Cousins is, is slaying. The problem that Kirk Cousins has is that offensive line is horrible. Yeah. You could, mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins has elevated that offense because that offensive line is horrible. And, but he's one of those quarterbacks, to... similar to Matt Ryan in his day. You gave If you give him a good enough line, he will deliver. Yeah, as soon 100%. as the line delivers, he's a statue and is a target. Um, I disagree with that because he's got a bit of wiggle. But yeah, anyway, no wiggle anymore. Anyway, <laughs> let's move. Let's move on and talk about a different, a different t- game, a different take, which is this: this Bengals team isn't very good. Bengals. Bengals isn't very good. No, the yeah. Bills aren't very good. <laughs> okay. Is Why aren't the Bills very good? Why aren't the Bills very good? We'll start with that one. We'll move on to my my issue with the Bengals. Did you see the Dolphins and Bills? This this is what the Bills are. 34 and 31 against Skylar Thompson and the Dolphins. Yeah. And and like some mismanagement, time mismanagement by McDaniels for them to get the win as well. Yeah, they, they were lucky to come out with, with the with the win here. And this has this happened a few times this season. Uh, they've scraped by wins against, I think it was Ravens early on. Correct me if I'm wrong. They scraped ahead of uh, Miami as well early in the season. And they're not bulletproof. I feel, they're, I feel... they're not the Kansas City Chiefs or the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> I, I agree in a lot of ways, like with this Bills team, that they aren't as much of a powerhouse as what we thought at the start of the year. I feel that the they have chinks in their armor and it is starting to show a lot of that comes down to health though. They've lost a lot of players due to injury and stuff, but on offense, when you're, when you're having to pull in um, Cole Beasley off the street to come in and play like an important role in your offense, you know, there's something not right there. Like, come on now, you know, that's something not right. Yeah. Like they need a imposing figure opposite uh, Diggs. Like Gabe Davis had a great game. But he's not consistent enough. He has these splash plays. They need someone, a difference maker. That's not on, even my problem. That's, that's not my, even my problem with them. My problem with them is they don't run the ball effectively. Yeah, like, well, they don't run the ball. You could just stop <laughs> there, there, that. Well, no, I mean, they, I mean, 22 carries out of... Uh, I mean, a third of their plays were run plays. So it's, it's not terrible, but it's not great. You, you want more of like a 40-60 split. You don't want, to, I don't want it like to be a 30-70 split. Especially... Evan Singletree should have more than 10 carries in any well, the, Yeah, like... they, they want Cook to be the guy, don't they? Yeah, uh, but Devin Singletree... They seem to be forcing Cook back. to be the guy, but Singletree is the better running back. And but... what happened to Naheem Hines? Why are you getting the, like Hines in if you're just not going to use him? Naheem Hines, is, though, is just... They've just used him as a kick returner. And that's all he does. <laughs> Special teams... But, like, going back on um, this balance stuff, and we've said this about the Bills a lot. We've said about the Chargers a lot. But I, I don't think the Bills, uh, Bills are a bad team. But, uh, they just had a bad what, game. The quarterback well, had a bad game, and the, the Bills, head coach the Bills the could, only, the Bills could only play shootouts. They can only be in shootouts because they can only score points quickly. They yeah. can't, they're, not, they're not a team that can, like, build on the lead, use momentum to keep a lead going. They have to just keep scoring points. Sean McDermott gets a lot of love. This is also like a lot of it is on him because they weren't going to run heavy. But again, again, and I I feel the same way way about Michael Jackson. Both the quarterbacks were playing bad, 
Yeah, but Kansas City and Cincinnati Bengals are watching this Bills team licking their chops. No, that, that they, no. they can. If Skylar Thompson can put thirty-one points on them, admittedly thanks to a series of uh, turnovers, but they're like, we can we can put forty back on them. No, yeah, doubt. but if, if Brent Hundley can put seventeen points on Cincinnati, like, come on now, it, sh- it should have been twenty-four. That fumble at the goal line was was unfortunate. I, I mean, mean, still a fumble. I just think though. it's a bad game by Josh Allen and how the Bills play. Means that however Josh Allen goes is how their team goes. But uh, I mean, I mean, this just sort of shows it though. If Tua, if Tua was healthy for this game and could have played, like this would have been a totally different game because it would have been more of a shootout. The, the result might have still been the same because no, the Bills are more comfortable in the shootout. Or if Mike McDaniel can get the play calls through his head before well, delay of games. That that's part of the issue. Like, but it, I, I want to give him some. Uh, some leniency because he is a first-time head coach. Well, he's, he's a not... first-time play caller as well. Yeah, but give me some uh, responsibility. I, I get it. I get it. They call used wasted all their timeouts, but uh, it's because they had a third-team third quarterback. He needed to make sure that he was quarterbacking essentially. Sees the line, yeah. uh, sees the setup that the Bills are using, um, and he coaches appropriately. I, I agree. I, I don't feel like I feel like McDaniel's did as much as he could considering this was his third-choice quarterback. And, and I know you run the ball more. Why? And is I know you can say, Kyler because Murray because the, the best Thompson running back is currently out with a broken hand. <laughs> you you put the ball in your quarterback's hands when they're short fields. I appreciate I you like want to run the ball more, and also you're behind early. You get you behind cannot, by two scores. Were, you, you cannot slam them. You cannot I, slam them putting 31 points on. The no. only thing you can criticize is that fourth and one where they didn't get lined up. Yeah, and I agree with that. This Bills team, I do think. Like I, I do think they have to score in bunches, and they sort of they are like that. But this Bengals team worries me going into like we. I thought this Bengals team looked looked a little something. I watched this bit Baltimore Cincinnati game, and I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, you were something. Your offensive lines now all hurt and banged up. You're now nothing. Because yeah, that O line is a major worry. Well, what once again you're playing a guy I don't know his name, and I mean this with all disrespect. I don't want to know his name because the right tackle who's taken over. Um, the backup right tackle is the worst player in the NFL to ever go to a Super Bowl. <laughs> He's not gone to a Super Bowl yet, has he? Yeah, he was there last year. He was the starting tackle, oh, right tackle okay. last year. Fine. Hart, this... It must be Hart you're talking about. Probably, I don't care. <laughs> that... all, I, yeah. all I know is it, the amount of times I've seen him get absolutely nailed by Calais Campbell and just put on his ass was just uh, not, not good, not ideal. Yeah, the, the, the Ravens should have actually won. Like they they had a similar situation to Miami where they like uh, the opposition made too many mistakes and if they had a better quarterback there no offense Huntley uh, but they they would have lost if Lamar was in this this would have been a totally different game but this is what worries me though this Bengals offense is meant to be their strength for their team it's not their defense the defense is a sort of bend and sort of keeps them in games but their offense is going to be who can score points quickly who can put a lot of points on the board and I know the Ravens defense are good but. Come on now. I, I watched that game and the, the receivers weren't getting open. You've got all these like T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd struggling to get open. And like Burroughs has two seconds in which to make a throw. So I appreciate he's struggling to get the ball downfield. He doesn't have time to wait for his receivers to get downfield. But like that's not going to fly. You're now going to play against the Bills team whose defense are going to punish you for that. Because their offense can score points in bunches. I mean, I, I feel like 
the Bengals are living on a prayer right now. And uh, but also not to take too much away from this game because they're both divisional teams. Like, I feel the Ravens know how to play the Bengals really, really well. They've played each other so many times. So I think it's also a bit of a it's also a bit of a mismatch. Like I think the the, uh, the Ravens fare up well against the Bengals, and I think the Bills is a different issue. No, well, I... they're both within the division. So can you argue it's you know the division familiarity? <laughs> I disagree with that, though. I feel like, if anything, your division, being in division with another team, just gives you two opportunities to see what they do and gives you more chance to scheme and play about it. Whereas, like, and that that was part of the thing they said um, in the commentary, is, like, a lot of the looks and stuff that happened today, you weren't seeing it two weeks ago when these two teams played each other. Like, the, the Bengals and the Ravens only played, like, one or two weeks ago, and it was totally different schemes that was being played because they didn't want to show each other what they could do in the playoffs. And realistically, the Spengals team, like, their defence isn't that good. It's it, And the fumble recovery... No, who had a rumour has been having a great defence with the Bengals? They've had a great defence. Like, Sam Hubbard, playoff Hubbard is, is a thing. Yeah, but also Eli Apple coming in as your cornerback. Well, I mean, just giving yeah, up that, yards and Eli yards Apple's and yards and yards. Like, <laughs> it's... You're... This, you have... You are only as strong as your weak link or whatever it is, the, like the, the phrases. Eli Apple is a very weak link. And an offense, the right tackle, whose name I don't want to know, is a very weak link. Yeah, so uh, sorry to, it is not definitely, it's not Bobby Hart. It's Adenergy. Um, no, we're not, we're not apologizing to him. I want like, to listen we to this podcast. Uh, Jonah Williams was is their left tackle who, who got hurt in this game. Out. Yeah, he, and he their left guard, he's he not had the, the breakout yet we thought he could since his injuries, but he's still their best O-lineman. When he went out, Jackson Carmen, their left guard, moved to left tackle. All right, all right. We've given the Bengals enough, enough air time for that dismal performance. Yeah, well, it's going to be a bit long night uh, for them when they play the... Well, it won't be. It'll be a short night because the game will be over so quickly. So quickly. Anyway, last, last, last game then. Let's, you know... Talk about how Purdy might be the best quarterback in San whoa, Francisco. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, I want to say, okay, you want a hot take here. Purdy was poor that game. That, in fact, that's not yeah, even a hot was. take. It's widely accepted. No, it, it was bad. Yeah, but who are you comparing him to? Uh, just a normal quarterback. Uh, what's a normal quarterback? <laughs> he was, uh, I don't know. He was a... Did he play like an average quarterback game in the NFL? No, no he, he, played played, he played below. Yeah, he but he's a, he's a seventh round. Exactly, rookie. but this is what I'm on about. The hype train for Purdy has been off um, off the chain. And I, Forget no, no, the no. hype train. For, for, the, for the draft capital as a rookie coming in mid-season, I, great. I, I agree. Purdy, Purdy is probably going forward for them. I would keep him, I would keep him as your starter. That, that's, the, that's the rumour, that if Jimmy G comes back in the playoffs, that Purdy will keep the job. Purdy will keep the job. He had a, he had a bad game, but I think 31 of the 32 starters in the NFL would have won this game for the 49ers. And the 32nd guy would, who wouldn't would be, um, I guess, Zach Wilson, if I'm counting but, him. But you, t- you talk about having a bad game, right? So coming up to halftime, like at halftime, they talked about the Seahawks defense has played really well. They've done, they've done well against this 49ers offense. They I, I didn't think conceded, they had well. They still conceded 250 yards. Yeah, per- I, I didn't think they had. Look at Purdy's stats for the game. 18 for 30, 332 yards, three touchdowns. Yes, a lot of that comes on 
yards after the carry because like he's he's that's doing his short Samuels and now you can, you can... But, but that's that's the whole 49ers playbook and that's, that's what... what i mean anyone could have won that game for them playing quarterback out of the current starters in the league I, I don't know you put zach wilson in the offense for me it's going nowhere. maybe zach wilson's the only one who, who gives the ball away more than anyone else but that's what i'm thinking like my my takeaway is the 49ers are so good as a team that doesn't matter. They, they could put me and you at quarterback, and we, we might I, we might have a chance. I, 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 kind, I kind of feel like this was Tay's argument for the Jags earlier that any quarterback uh, other yeah. than Lawrence wins that yeah. game because the Chargers were that bad. Yep. Do you see anyone stopping the 49ers though right now? I don't know if I can, if I I don't think there is anyone. Tom yeah. Brady, the New York Giants, <laughs> Buccaneers. No. No, no, no. Uh, I, I, yeah, you know what? It's, it is a good point. Like, this, this 49ers team is potentially the best team right now in the NFL. Yeah. And Sadly. that is, and that is mainly to do with everything but quarterback. And it sort of shows you what you can do if you've got amazing talent with an average quarterback or even and an amazing, amazing, amazing play designer and yeah. coach. Yeah. But it, it's the, the thing with the 49ers is they've got healthy at the right time. Because they've got all these players that were like banged up throughout the whole season. Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Elijah Mitchell. You know, these guys coming back. And like, obviously, Mitchell didn't offer a lot, but he's still there giving a bit of relief to Christian McCaffrey. Who you don't what, want to... what a player he is as well. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, that trade was maybe the second best trade of the season after TJ Hawkinson, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but uh, for next year, my money is on Tom Brady lands in San Francisco. Carl Shanahan realizes that this is his sign uh, to get to build, you know, build build his no, legacy. No, and, I, and they'll get Brady. No, yeah, there's better quarterbacks for him than Brady right now. Who? Derek Carr. No, I, I reckon I reckon Forty ers keep a young quarterback because I like I like to think Shanahan likes to be the. He likes well, to be the games console. You, head, uh, you were saying you were saying that they should keep Purdy over Trey Lance. I mean, I think they should start him over Lance. I think I think Purdy going into next year is the starter there. Uh, nah, get out of it. I, I, I like. I, I believe. I truly believe Shanahan wants a quarterback who basically follows the script. Yeah, I, I, I that's like, why I think he'd be the starter. I, I think Trey Lance could be trade bait. I, I genuinely think they could trade off. Trey Lance this offseason. Uh, no, I cause... think Jimmy G's gone. Jimmy G's gone. It'll be Tom Brady, if not, it'll be Trey Lance. I, I, I personally believe Tom Brady lands either in Las Vegas or Miami. It's more likely for me he's going to Vegas because they need a quarterback. His friend Josh McDaniels there. You know, it's it all lines up for him perfectly. And it's Las Vegas. Like, who wouldn't want to go and play in Las Vegas? But the whole Brian Flores lawsuit was about Tom Brady joining Miami. And that's why I think there's an opportunity because... If there's any little doubt about Tua's health, they might say, "Okay, Tom, you're starting for two years here." Not nah, happening. not happening, not happening at all. It, well, it, well uh, depending on when you know if Simon gets has technical difficulties today, uh, and when this podcast cast comes out, we'll know Tom Brady's fate for the Cowboys. If if they go on, not my, it's not my job to to edit it this week, so don't worry about yeah, me having technical difficulties. No worries there. <laughs> uh, if if Tom Brady goes on a run. And win the Super Bowl. Is he even coming back? No, I don't. Yes, it's coming what? back next year, no matter what. I don't know if he is. He is. I, I reckon there's even a dark horse chance Tennessee Titans landing with his good friend Mike Vrabel. No, come on. 
that's the. I know, that's I know, the I know he said we'll do some hot takes today, but that, come on, no, now. that was the come on from now. yesterday. He, he's he's not. Now. It's not the Adam Sandler callbacks, you know, gets his buddies on, on his film and just has a <laughs> whale of a time. He's, he's, he wants to win. He wants to win. He wants to go somewhere where he can win. And 49ers does give him that opportunity because, you know, they're looking like they're going to win it this year if they carry on the way that they've been. But Tennessee don't, doesn't offer him that, I don't think. Like, Tennessee's a downgrade from Buccaneers. He may as well stay at the Buccaneers. Yeah, go we'll see what Buccaneers do this offseason. That's going to be interesting. But we've got to see what they do to the Cowboys first. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. That should be an exciting matchup tonight. Uh, let's hope so, anyway. Let's hope it falls in line with the rest of the games this week. Uh, can I just give one last hot take? Yeah? Don't have a hot take during a game this season because anyone can win. Nah. Yeah. Sorry, I'll just throw up a little bit. Um, on that, we'll leave it there for today. We'll be back with you later in the week to talk about the rest or well, the next round of the NFL playoffs, actually. That's what it'll be. Divisional round. Divisional round. Only four games. At least, I, I kind of like, like, this is, this is a weird take. I kind of liked how there was only six games because I could follow all six games quite, quite well instead of, you know, trying to watch eight games at once. <laughs> and I like Saturday. I like Saturday NFL. I like Sunday NFL. I get every, every day NFL. It's great. And people actually raise their games for for the playoffs. It's it's, it's kind of weird to see. Well, you're one, you're, you're in or out, aren't you? You have to stay win to stay in. So I feel it's a different vibe. But anyway, only the best teams in the playoffs, you know. Or only the best teams. And the Jaguars. And on that bombshell, we'll leave it there today. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back with you later in the week. Uh, until then, see ya. Peace.